Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by our lead pastor, Dave Ferguson, as we begin a brand new series, Simplify. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free, tis a gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in that place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. That's a 150-year-old shaker hymn that's uh, called Simple Gifts. We, we, should thank, we should thank Tim for that. Thank you. It just kind of feels good, doesn't it? Didn't that just, just for a second, I mean, it's like, it was like, what, 30 seconds? It kind of felt good, didn't it? But you know what? That was 150 years ago. We live in 2017. I don't know if you noticed, it seems to me in 2017, there's a brand new answer to uh, uh, the standard question of how are you? It used to be, how are you? And you'd say, oh, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Now you ask people, how are you? And they'll say, oh, I'm so what? I'm so, I'm so busy, right? <laughs> I'm so busy. So busy. I, I thought maybe I had a cure the other day. I, I ran across this book called Crazy Busy. Anybody seen this? I love the subtitle. A merciful short book about a really big problem. I thought, there you go. There, here's the answer. And I've, and I've been meaning to read this, but guess what? I've just been too... You got it. That's exactly right. There's the problem. All right? See if this isn't right. Here's the weird thing about being busy. It seems like almost secretly... Being busy makes us feel kind of important. It's kind of like if, I, if I'm not busy, then maybe I'm not as important as everybody else. It's like there's a status almost attached to being busy. And I, I had this kind of suspicion. I ran across this article in The Atlantic, and it's titled, Ugh, I'm So Busy. Look, listen, listen to what they say here. In a curious reversal, aspirational objects are not luxury goods like a nice watch or a new car. But instead, today, 2017... Instead, are bragging about how busy you are. Wanting to seem busy is how one gains status in the culture that values productivity and busyness above all else. It's like the busier we are, the more we matter. The busier we are, the more we matter. And I know a lot of us, we like to go hard. We like to be productive. We like to win. And I would join you in that, but I also know, I know the things that make me good also make me dangerous. And it's good to go hard. It's good to be productive. It's good to try to win. But at the same time, that busyness 
can leave you and it can leave me, it can leave us with this feeling that something's not right in our soul. That, that something's disordered and, and man, there's, there's gotta be a better way. Well, here's the good news. The good news is we believe there is a better way and we're gonna spend the next five weeks in the series called Simplify. And I'm convinced that this is gonna be one of those series that we're gonna look back on with just tremendous gratitude. Because while, while, while we might enjoy kind of the, the success and the results and the productivity that sometimes comes with a, a busy lifestyle, the accompanying feeling of feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, anxious, things that we often, I think, blame on external factors. You know, it's just the pace of life around here. It's just the demand of my job. It's just, it's, I got this endless to-do list. What if we discovered that it's not the externals, that actually the problem is something that's internal? That there's something inside, I have a dissatisfied, I have a distracted, I actually have a disordered soul. And if that's the case, and I think, this, and I think that's what we're gonna discover, this series simplifies, gonna help us simplify our souls. Um, let, let, me, let me explain this. Um, this way, I, I, uh, on work days, I'll get up somewhere around, um, I, I try to start my day early, like 5.15 or 5.30. And uh, since my wife, Sue, is, uh, she's still asleep, I try to quietly dress myself, don't turn on the lights, uh, so I can kind of sneak out of the house and, you know, she can get up a little late, late, later on. Well, the other day, I was, uh, I was getting dressed for work, and I'm, I'm going to do something here, okay? I did wear a t-shirt, so you're, you're safe. <laughs> I didn't want to kill church attendance completely. All right, so I'm getting dressed, right? So I'm, I'm getting dressed, right? I'm getting dressed, and I'm, I'm doing this kind of thing here, and, and um, I'm kind of, I'm getting ready, and uh, I'm trying to do it in the dark, you know, I want to be, be, be quiet, not wake anybody up, and I'll just kind of gently walk out, and, and, I, and I walk out of the house, and I walk out of the house, going to my first appointment, and I'm, I'm looking like this, All right? Now, something's a little off, right? You can just kind of, I mean, something's a little off. I got a hunch that a lot of us kind of feel that way, going like, you know what? I mean, I'm doing the stuff, but something's just a little off. My relationships are, are a little off. My, my marriage, my, the way I'm doing parenting, it's a, it's a little off. Even my own character, there's, there's certain times I am, I'm not the person who I, who I want to be, who I, I say I'm. Something's just kind of a little off. Something's not wrong here. And I think it's like the simple design of this shirt, this shirt, I think, uh, this is a shirt, it has, has six buttons, six or seven buttons, let's figure it out, right? Six or seven buttons, and, and if we follow the way this shirt was simply designed, right? One, two, button three in the third hole, fourth and fourth hole, fifth and fifth hole, sixth and sixth hole. If we, if we, if, if we, if we do it just like that, then all of a sudden, I mean, in, in a simple way, our souls, I think our souls are a lot like that. that are, they're also meant to be ordered. There's a logical order that God designed things to work. And if we follow that order, as it was designed, life works. How about this? A little applause for the shirt there? Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Here's the deal. Um, Jesus interacted with a lot of people over his three years ministry. ministry. And there, there was uh, um, one person in particular whom he, whom he redirected in this area of, of simplicity. He was a good friend of his by the name of, of Martha. Now, Jesus had hundreds of followers, uh, but he had just a handful of what he'd really call close friends. Martha was one of them, and then also Martha's sister, Mary, and Martha's brother, Lazarus, were amongst them. 
They lived in a little suburb called Bethany. Now, Bethany still exists, and from time to time, what Jesus would do, he would kind of stop by Bethany, kind of, almost for like, kind of like a retreat, kind of a getaway, to hang out with some friends. When we pick up the story in the life of Jesus, he's in the middle of a, of a, of a very kind of a season of his ministry where, it's, where the demands are growing. It's like the more he taught, the more people wanted to hear him. The more miracles he performed, the more people wanted to see miracles and, and experience healings and those things. Everything he offered, people wanted more of. And so his days were increasingly packed. Jesus was, like 2017, busy. So what Jesus would do is occasionally, we could take a hint from him, he would occasionally just call a time out. And he'd retreat to the serenity of, of Bethany. And he'd wind down there for a day or two in the company of his closest friends. And uh, one gospel writer, Luke, tells the story, and he tells it this way. And well, you can kind of follow along. He says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to this village, Bethany, where a woman named Martha, that's one of his very, very good friends there, opened her home to him. She also had a sister, also a good friend named Mary, And what Mary did when Jesus showed up, she sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister is letting me do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. This is Jesus' response. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. You can see by the dynamics of the situation. I mean, you can see it shaping up a mile away. Mary and Martha, they haven't had, they haven't had time to prepare for this drop-in visit by Jesus. So, so Mary, she decides, you know what? I'm going to go with the flow. I'm going to go with the flow. She pulls up a chair in the living room. She sits down. How you doing, Jesus? How's it been out there? Are the Pharisees still giving you a hard time? Tell me what's going on. Give me the inside scoop. What's said, what st- what said in Bethany kind of stays in Bethany. They're talking. Meanwhile, Martha is in the kitchen. She, she's, she's fixing kind of like, she's, she's being the accommodating hostess. She's fixing appetizers. She's getting drinks. She's kind of pulling her hair off. What am I going to feed this guy? I can't believe he just stopped in, right? You ever do that? Have that happen? And it begins to grate on her that Mary's just simply lounging in the other room with Jesus, kind of catching up on the latest. So finally, Martha in the kitchen, she snaps. <laughs> Martha loses it. She's ticked. I mean, maybe she tried a couple subtle cues, kind of like, you know, sticking her head around the corner into the living room, kind of like this to Mary going, right? <laughs> Giving her kind of the stink eye. Get in here, right? Maybe she's dropping a few pans in the kitchen, you know, kind of like, <clears throat> right? Get in here. We don't know whether uh, she missed the cues or not. But Martha's had it. So Martha bursts into the room. She interrupts the conversation she doesn't even notice this. It's kind of fascinating. She doesn't even talk to, to Mary. She talks straight to Jesus. And she just goes straight to Jesus. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? And the irony is kind of thick, right, in, 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 this, in this situation. Because here she's asking, think about this. She's asking Jesus, don't you care? I mean, the God of the universe who left the awesomeness of heaven to come to earth to show us how to live. The one who's been out on the road, teaching, healing, serving others. The one who eventually is going to stretch on his arms and die for the redemption of the whole world. Lord, don't you care? (laughs) Jesus doesn't say, hey, how dare you? How dare you speak to me that way? No, he doesn't say that. But instead, Jesus, they're friends. And he just simply says, says her name twice. He just says, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha, (laughs) easy does it. 
take a chill pill, right? And then with genuine kindness, he makes this observation. He says this. It's recorded in Luke 10, 41. He says, hey, Martha, you're worried and upset about so many things. And he can tell that she's overextended. She can tell that she's over overwhelmed. She's exhausted. And that she has been too busy for too long. All right, let me ask you this. Can anybody relate to that? Come on. Too busy for too long. And he just invites her, take a couple breaths. So many things are occupying you right now. So many things are churning you up inside. So many things are stealing the moments that you ought to be enjoying, Martha. Let me ask you, what's churning you up inside? What's occupying your mind? Maybe this is why God brought you here today. What is it in your life that's stealing the moments that you ought to be enjoying? I, I have a hunch that Jesus took advantage of this teachable moment for everybody in the room. And, <clears throat> and he says, you know, hey, Martha, let me simplify something for you. Whenever I stop by here, it's not for the food. I mean, if I wanted a five-star dinner, right, I could arrange for one. I just, I just fed 5,000 people with a, with a couple of fish and a few loaves a couple weeks ago. All right? If I want a Chardonnay, I, I made it at a recent wedding reception. Maybe you missed that. When I stop by here, Martha, I'm stopping by for friendship and connection. I'm just, I'm here to be with you. And then Luke kind of puts the punctuation mark. Jesus tells Martha something that, here, I need to hear this. Maybe you do too. And he says this, hey, few things are needed. Maybe indeed only one. And see, Martha, she missed, hear me on this, people. Martha missed what mattered most. And Mary got it. And what mattered most was not getting it all done. What mattered most was not being productive. What mattered most was not kind of checking everything off your list. What mattered most was sitting down, hear me on this, what mattered most was sitting down for a conversation with Jesus. That's what mattered most. And I'll tell you what, it is so easy, so easy for us to miss that. And we can get so wrapped up, we can get so wrapped up in doing good stuff that we crowd out just being with God. We get so wrapped up in our own day planners and our own, our own calendars, we miss out being with others. We miss out being who it is that God meant for us to be. And the result is we show up on a Sunday like this going, man, I need something. Because inside you're lacking joy and something has stole something from your soul. I, I want to introduce you to Matt. Matt's a guy who found a different way, a better way, a uh, more simple way to kind of calm the chaos. My name's Matt Howard. My wife, Karina, and I, along with our five kids, been coming to community for this past year. Growing up, uh, I, I never really had any kind of church experience. There wasn't uh, an opportunity for me to really see what church church is about. My personality, um, I'd say prior, it was more of a controlling, and I need to have everything set, and it caused a lot of a lot of chaos and frustration. And with work. I was gone from 7 in the morning. I'd get home at 6, 7 at night. It was going 1,000 miles an hour. It really was uh, from a, a standpoint of it just felt like I was putting out fires. I did have my grandfather uh, growing up. He was uh, a preacher. And uh, this past year, uh, his last days here, you know, with all that going on, my grandfather with cancer, I, I just naturally found myself right there by him. I could go back to being that, that little kid that I was and just hanging out with Grandpa. So I made sure to ask, 
lot of questions. One of the things my grandfather encouraged me to do was to, you know, make the journey my own and, uh, and find a church. I've driven by a community, I'd say thousands of times because I, I live so close. Packed up the car, headed over to the community, and as soon as we walked in, uh, Shannon uh, Gutierrez, um, she was right there and welcomed us. And it was such a, a positive experience, like right there from the, the greet. We got, you know, kids signed in and we had a, had a, a, a blessed time. That upcoming Sunday, John, uh, you know, he was uh, giving his message, and it was Baptism Sunday, and he had said, uh, you know, that they were going to uh, get ready for baptism. If there's anybody else that wanted to get baptized that day, they had some extra shorts in the back, and I felt the spirit inside of me. It was a new beginning for me. So now when, you know, the chaos starts to happen, I'll just pause and I'll, I'll just let the love take over and the care. If something's going on, love, care, and compassion instead of anger. For me, calming the chaos has really simplified my life. I'm able to see things that I didn't see before with my kids. I, I get to see my kids grow up, my family evolve into Christ following family. Nothing I'm ever going to turn back from. It's, uh, it's amazing. Let me uh, confess something, okay? Left to my own devices, my life's going to look like this. My, uh, left to my own devices, all on my own, it's always going to be kind of a little bit out of order. See, I, I, here's who I am. I'm the guy who, uh, in college, so I could graduate, okay, I took 27 hours one semester, including a year, I took also second year and third year of Koine Greek. How do you know, learn third year when you haven't even learned second year? I don't know. And on top of that, then I'm also, I'm, I'm also passionate church on the weekends somewhere. And I'm going, oh, I can do that, Right? I ended up in the hospital. I was like 21 or 22. I ended up in the hospital with severe chest pains like a knife was being stabbed through my chest. And here, here's the really weird part. And I say this is a confession. I'm, it's like I'm not even that embarrassed. It's like there's a part of me that, that, that takes pride in how hard I can go, how, 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 how much I can do and still survive. And I like to go hard. I like to get things done. I like to win. But I'll tell you what. Here's what I know now. I know this in life. I desperately need to listen to Jesus when he shows up at my house. And he says, Dave, Dave, you're trying to do so many things, but few things are needed. In fact, indeed, Dave, only one. Because if I don't listen, my life ends up looking kind of like this. Something's always a little off. And here's the thing. Let me, let me remind you this, too. For some of you, if it's not enough motivation for you, and this is where it kind of hits me. Here's what else is at stake. When, when I live like this, right, it's not only bad for me, but guess what? It's bad for my marriage. I mean, who wants to be married to a guy who dresses like this, right? <laughs> no, what I'm talking about, what, it's bad for my marriage because guess what? There's no real time or space for relationship or intimacy. It's bad for my family. I can't be a good dad. I can't, you can't be a good mom. You can't be a parent. Because what I'm telling you, what your kids need most from you is you. They need you to be present. And for some of us, we can't even, we're not even present when we're present. 
<clears throat> when I live like this, I'm not a good friend. Because you know what? I kind of treat people like they're a, a box a, 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 of checks I have to kind of get done. Nobody wants to be treated like that. And it also, guess what? Because a lot of you are in places of influence. It makes me an ineffective leader. As a leader at church or at work or community at home, guess what? You always reproduce who you are. Your character, your behavior, they learn it from you. If you want other people around you, you love the most to live like this, you continue to live like this. I just want to, I always want to let you know, there's so much at stake. So let's all of us decide today, we're going to commit to ordering our lives, designing our lives the way God meant for them to be ordered. We're going to put first things first. We're going to prioritize what God meant to be first. And I'll tell you what, if you get the first things right, if you get the first things right, you start the way God meant for you to start, one. Let's see if we can get this right. If you get the first things right, everything else, right, falls into place. So let's follow a well-ordered pattern that God's given us. Let me give you a couple challenges here. For some of you, this is going to be stuff you're going, yes, I need to do this. For others, this is going to be brand new. And I want you to take it on like it's a spiritual experiment. Okay, here's the first thing. The first thing is this. First thing each day, you meet with God. First thing each day, you spend time with God. That's how you put first things first, how you order your life. If you're like me, when you wake up in the morning, I mean, what comes flooding into your mind is this long list of tasks that have to be done today. The last thing that comes to mind is going like, I need to slow down and, and kind of have a conversation with God. But that's exactly what, what we need to do. Most of us, we wake up like Martha's, but we need to respond like Mary's. And if you want to live with a well-satisfied, well-ordered soul, we've got to simplify. And that means first thing each day, we spend time with God. Here's some, here's some tips on how do you do it. First of all, find a place. Find a place. <clears throat> I'll tell you, for some of you, that place might be a, a, a quiet, comfortable chair. You just go there. For some of you, it might be um, at the dining room table. And you just go there. For some of you, it might be a coffee shop. For me, you know what? This, this is kind of my place. This goes with me wherever I am. It's my journal, okay? And this, is, and, and when, and I, and this causes me, I stop and I pause and I have a conversation with Jesus. So you find a place. Second thing you need to do is pray. You find that place and you just talk to God. You tell him what's going on. You tell him what you need. You tell him about, talk to him about your schedule today. And I would encourage you also, just then also spend a little bit of time just being quiet and see if he doesn't respond back to you. Talk back to you, tell you something. And here's the third thing. Reflect on scripture. Reflect on scripture, I'm telling you. This is a great source of wisdom that calls us out of this cycle of busyness with, with, with in, in truth, but also in stories like the stories of Mary and Martha. One of the things we've done here at Community is we have a Bible reading plan. And if you download our app, you can, you can get access to it there. Or if you want, you can actually even go to our, our website, uh, uh, slash Bible. We'll send you, you can sign up, we'll send you an email every day. That's what I get. I get an email in my inbox about 4.30 in the morning. It shows up and it gives me a whole chunk of scripture. I just use that to reflect on. So here's the first challenge. You got this? If you're going to order your life, okay, and reduce the chaos, first things first, you spend the first, day, first thing each day with God. Here's the second thing. First day of each week, you make it a priority. Say, I'm going to be with God's people. First day of each week, you show up here to be with God's people. Now, I'll tell you what. 
All of you have done that today. So that is awesome. All right, so turn to somebody next to you, give them a high five or fist bump, say, way to go, nailed that one. There you go. That's exactly right. So in the same way, I'm telling you, there's a way to order our lives. The same way you start each day by being with God, you start each week by being with God's people. This is, this is not a new thing. This goes back into the Old Testament. Once a week, they would, on Saturday, the Sabbath, they dedicated that to the Lord. They'd all come together. Then in the New Testament, they switched to Sunday because they would celebrate the resurrection together. And for the next four weeks, we're going to continue this series, Simplify, and we're going to learn together that simplified living requires more than just cleaning out our closets and organizing our calendar. It's about reordering our souls. In fact, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put the challenge here. Let me just see a show. How many of you, I'm not going to make you promise, but are you going like, you know what, I'll give it my best to, to attempt this thing. I will give it my best to be here for the next four weeks for this series. Let me just see a show. I'll get, you know what, I'll, you can count on me. I'll give it my best. Let me see. How many are you doing? I'll give it my best. Not a promise, but I'll give it my best. All right, that is awesome. Because I'm telling you, if you've never done this, make this a priority and see if it doesn't calm the chaos. Let me wrap up with a story. Uh, John Ortberg, a uh, terrific author, uh, a guy who I ha- I've happened to know, he wrote a book called Soul Keeping. And in the book, he, he talks about when he moved from California to Chicago. And when he moved there, he took this very, very demanding job. But he took this demanding job also during an equally demanding season uh, for his family. His family was in that kind of van driving, soccer league playing, homework every night season of life. So he decided he was going to call a wise friend and ask for some spiritual direction. And he calls up a buddy of his and, uh, who uh, had kind of a background in theology. He was a philosophy professor at USC, just a brilliant guy. And, and he described his pace of life. And he asked his friend, he says, what do I need to do to be spiritually healthy? And on the other end of the phone is this long pause. And his friend finally says, John, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And then there's this another long, pregnant pause. And John says, okay, I wrote that down. That's a good one. Now, what else is there? And he admits, he said, I had a lot of things to do. It was a long distance call. I wanted to cram as many units of spiritual wisdom as I could into that phone call, Right? And it was like he was intentionally making him wait. It was another long pause. And his friend says, there's nothing else. John, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Some years later, Ortberg, as he's writing this book, reflects on that conversation. He said this. He said, I've concluded that my life and the well-being of the people I serve, not just you, but those around you, depends on following that prescription. For hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. Hurry destroys souls. God created you as a human being, not as a human doing. And if you come today, and, and maybe you didn't have the language for it, but any part of you where your soul feels overwhelmed, you feel exhausted, you feel anxious, you feel dissatisfied. I'm telling you, there's good news. There's a better way that Jesus offers you. There's a simple way for our souls to be ordered. Let's pray. Father, Father, we know that... Um, 
that we came from you. Father, we know that we were created by you. And Father, we also know that our, our souls find a wholeness when we are rightly related to you. Father, I'd ask that you give us the courage, you give us the discipline to say, okay, I'm gonna start each day with you. I'm gonna start each week with you and your people. Father God, I ask that you save us from the lie that the busier we are, the more we matter. And let us order our lives around you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.